lead the campus ministry here for this region. So that includes uh, Collin College, Richland, SMU, and UTD. So uh, we moved here about, about a year ago from College Station. So we were part of the church that, that uh, you guys planted there in College Station. And we want to say thank you so much for all the uh, support you guys gave us through your special contributions. Okay, we, Roe and I were there from 2012 to last year, so that was three years. So for three years, the money you gave in your special, it made a difference in our life and the ministry we were trying to do there. And so with our next special contribution coming up here in May, I want you to know it makes a difference. It helped us to be able to stay there, to be able to facility to meet in, a place where we could share our faith and go out and, and really talk to people about the true gospel of Jesus Christ and helping people to become disciples. Uh, we had, uh, I believe he was an elder of a church there in town who uh, became a disciple. We had a, a couple who just happened to be in the hotel who was like, I'm looking for a church. They went to a hotel. Oh, look, here's a church. They came in. They studied. They got baptized. Uh, you know, we just had so many people become disciples because of your sacrifice. And so I want to say thank you so much for, for the sacrifice y'all did for us. Uh, to continue on with our series here, we're going to look at Romans chapter 8. Come on. We're going to look at verses 31-35. Now I know what our special contribution, I know we do it every year, and it can feel like a tradition, but it's not. It is something that we are trying to get the gospel out to all places on the earth. And College Station just happens to be one of those places, you know, I know we planted a church there in Oklahoma there with, uh, with OU, and you know, we want to do even more. And we want to continue, so your support is so crucial to that. Romans chapter 8, we've been talking about if God is for us. You know, we can trust that God's in control. That's what the message is about today. If God is for us, then we know that uh, we can trust that God is in control. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? You know, the Bible asks that question, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today. Hey, can trouble separate us from the love of God? Well, what about hardship? What about persecution? What about famine? What about nakedness? What about danger? What about the sword? You know, when times are hard, we really do find out how much we trust God. And our trust in God, our faith in God really does come out. And we've got to remember that what this scripture says is very, very, very powerful. You know, it says something to me that, uh, that gives me the confidence that I need day by day. He says right here, if God is for us, who can be against us? I know we have a lot of Cowboys fans in this room, and we have a lot of Mavericks fans in this room as well. And here's the deal. You're cheering for those teams, right? You got the, you got the shirts, you got the cap, you got the, the, little, the little bumper sticker, and you got all this stuff. You got, you got gear at your house too. Probably got cups with the team name on it, and you watch the game, and you cheer for them. You know, it's like God feels about you. He's for you. 
you. He's pulling for you. I want to see you in heaven. I'm doing everything I can. I'm trying to get you up here with me and my son. He's pulling for you from up there. It's like, wow, if God's on your side, man, it's like, we got a lot going for you right there. He says right here in verse 32, he didn't even spare his own son when he came to you. When he had to choose between his son and you, he chose you. He gave up his son for you. You know, what would you give up for your cell phone right now? I mean, what would it take for you to give up your cell phone? I mean, you know, I mean, it takes a lot, you know, it would take a lot, let alone God's son. You know what I'm saying? But God did not spare his own son when it came to your sin. He sacrificed him. He said, for us all. It doesn't matter how good, how bad you are, how spiritual, unspiritual you are. God gave His Son up for all of us. He says He also, God will graciously give us all things. This is who we have that's on our side. He continues on. He goes, uh, look in verse uh, 34. He says that... uh, who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Well, what does that mean? That means right now in heaven, you got Jesus sitting at God's right hand going, come on man, let that guy into heaven. Help that guy out with his situation. He's interceding for you. He's putting in good words for you. He's pleading for you. You ever uh, looking for a job? You ever had a little word on the inside of the office? Go, hey, I know this person. Hey, talk to them. I need a job. You ever been there? Yeah. You know, it's good when you got a contact, right, on the inside. It's good to know that when we're all trying to get to heaven, we got a contact on the inside who's like, let that guy on in here. Yeah, I know he's struggling, but hang in there with him. You know, he can do this. I'm working it out. You know, I'm encouraged to know that I got a fan waiting for for me in heaven. I got somebody who's pleading on my behalf. That's why I can face trouble and hardship in my life, and so can you. Let's look at the next slide up here. God's in control. We got to remember that. God's in control. Let's look at the next slide here. I want to talk to us a little bit about Elijah. Elijah does a great job of showing us how God is in control and how we can trust God. Regardless of what hardship or trouble we're going through, that if God is for us, we can trust that God's in control. Let's look at the next slide here. Who is Elijah, right? He was a he was a prophet that lived during about the time period of 870 BC. So that's about 870 years before Christ. A long time ago, right? And he served during during the time of uh, you know yeah think about uh, this is like would be like after King Solomon, but before the prophet Isaiah and the prophet Daniel. This is also during the time of King Ahab. Now the problem with that is, you know, King Ahab is known in the previous chapter, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 16 verse 30, it says, King Ahab did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. How would you like to be the prophet who gets the king that's the worst king that's ever lived? Here, you get this guy. Oh man, okay. You know, you know, you know he had the worst situation. The worst president, you know? He's sitting there going, is there going to be a new election in four years? Like, no, no, man. This is this is till death. Oh, man. Okay, just keep preaching the word, though, man, you know? And, you know, the book of James chapter 5 says that I, I, Elijah had a powerful prayer life. He was a man who could pray powerful prayers. He was a, a, a prophet who lived during a time of a drought. And living in Texas, you know a little bit about drought. Yeah. This guy went three and a half years with no rain. 
And this guy had to preach the word that we got to trust God. In three and a half years of no rain. I mean, that's a tough job. He's got Ahab against him. He's got the, the rain isn't, isn't falling. Uh, he's just got to trust God. It says here, uh, also in Luke chapter 9, he appeared to Jesus later in the transfiguration and talked to Jesus about his departure. He must be a pretty awesome guy. He's got to come back to Jesus and go, hang in there. You can do it. You know, he just came back and talking to Jesus about his departure. That's an amazing man of God. Let's look at a little bit about him. Look at 1 Kings chapter 17. This will be our text for today. First Kings 17. It's in your Old Testament there. It's going to be after 1st and 2nd Samuel. There are different time periods in the Old Testament where this is during the times of the kings. When Israel had kings. And he's got the worst king, Ahab. The most evil dude of them all. And he's got to go preach to this guy and deal with this drought and all these things going on. And look at what it says here. It says, Now Elijah... The Tishbite was from Tishbe, okay, in Gilead. <laughs> he said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except in my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. He didn't say, Yeah, good job. He's like, Leave here, turn eastward, hide in the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan, stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. He went and did what God told him to do. And the guy said, I think you better go hide now. I don't think this guy is open. control, you know, okay, okay, I'm going to trust you, and this guy takes off, and he says, God says, I want you to know that I have directed a raven to feed you, let's go to, uh, see where we at here, right here, I've directed a raven to feed you, because I control what's going on on this planet, I don't care who Ahab thinks he is, you go hide over here. But I will have a raven go and get you some meat and get you some bread and they'll bring it to you every day. I need you to trust me. And this guy had so much faith. He goes, I trust God. And he went, left Samaria, went eastward, hid in the curious ravine. And every day, for breakfast and dinner, these birds showed up. Like that white dove you were talking about. They showed up. And they just kept bringing the food. And there was the water. See, see you know, and he had to trust God. In that kind of a situation, and I respect the fact he says he did what the word of the Lord told him. He trusted God when when he did what God told him to do, something bad happened. Sometimes when you do the right thing, there's a consequence that's not encouraging. But but you still gotta trust God, just like Elijah. You know, let's move on to the next part of this passage here. Verse 7. Sometime later the brook dried up. Oh no. Because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Says go at once to Zarephath of Sidon. And stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate. A widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked. Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it he called. Bring me please. A piece of bread. 
As sure as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I do not have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in the jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take them home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. Then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour would not be used up. And the jar of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the, joy, and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Very powerful thing here. I learned a lot here from about God. Let's look at the uh, next slide here from this passage. No, God's still in control, guys. God's in control. You know, He could have said, okay, God, you provide a solution, but then you took it away. Why you got to do that to me? I'm sitting over here doing what you told me to do. Then you took away the blessing. Now what am I supposed to do? So many times we can put our trust in the creation rather than the creator. And we can, we can sometimes think it's that book that's supplying what I need. It's not that job that's giving me the money I need. It's really God. God gave me the job. And if He took the job back, He's obviously got a plan B. Am I right about that? So many times I know I've struggled with that. I've gone through many job changes, let me tell you. I've been fired. I've been laid off. I quit. I've been through it all. Okay? I, I, I've been through it all. And I, and I know, and one thing I've had to learn is, it's not that job that is providing for my needs. It's God. God just gave me that job. And so, when He took the book away, we find out something about His faith. He, he, he was able to trust that God is the provider, not this brook. Let's go on to the next slide. Another thing I, trust, I love about Elijah, he's got to move again. Don't you hate moving? <laughs> I hate moving, man. You know, I've moved three times in the last, what is this? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, three different addresses in the last 12 months. I hate moving. <laughs> and you probably hate moving too, you know? But you know, change is part of life. Yeah. And God sometimes doesn't want to get a little too comfortable. He's like, I need to change things up here. Yeah. I need you to put your trust in me. Your security's got to come from me, not your location. You know. And so he goes on. And when things feel like they're out of control, that's when God gets to be in control. He tells him, look here, man. He's over here in Gilead, right? Okay, go over to Samaria. Talk to Ahab. Okay, I did that. I want you to go back east, brother, and go hide over here in the Karis Ravine Brook. Okay, now I need you to move way up here to Sidon, outside of Israel. Gentile territory. Yeah. He could have been like, I'm sick of all this moving, man. You're going to tell Obadiah to do all that stuff. I'm not doing all of this, okay? I am sick and tired of all this running around. You know, we, we can sometimes get an attitude when God asks us to make some changes. You know, sometimes we like our life good and comfortable. I know I do. I like it to be predictable. I don't like unpredictable. But that's not walking by faith. Walking by faith is not knowing what the next step is going to be, but I trust God that He's in control. You know, God had to tell him, if you go there, way up the Sidon in Gentile territory, there is a widow there and there will be food for you. I will take care of that. I got a widow. I have directed that widow to take care of you. God is in so much control. He's I control everything. I even got somebody sitting there waiting to give you something. He's like, he gets over there. Now here's the thing that tests my faith here. Let's go to the next slide. 
mind, that's what God tells him to do. And this is what he sees. He sees this old widow with this young boy, her son. And he's like, all right, you're the one that God says is going to take care of me. You go ahead. He's like, you know, he's got a grocery list. Give me some bread, some water. I want this and that. And she's like, uh, who are you talking to? All I got. Brother, look here. I got a little bit of flour. And I got a little bit of oil. And we're going to eat this and then we're going to go die. God, are you kidding me? You brought me up to this old woman's house where I got no food? What is the deal? I came over here for some help. There's supposed to be some encouragement over here. I thought you, how are you going to provide with this? This is all we got? We got some sticks. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go back over there to the cure for vein again. You know, it's just, he could have he really doubted. enough, I'm going to trust. This is enough. You know, so many times our paychecks look like this, don't they? Man, oh man, this, this is all I got to work with. You know? And you know, God wants you to know this is enough. I will provide everything you need. All I need is a little bit and we can get you through this month. Okay? You know, sometimes we just need to just trust. And I, and I so much admire him for his faith. You know, I know even changing locations and changing reasons, it can be, it can be challenging for some. And I know that, you know, and some of us, you know, it, 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 it can be difficult. But you know, we're trying to get the gospel out. When we all made a decision to become a disciple, we decided that I was going to give up my life for Jesus. And that this was going to be enough. Jesus is going to provide the rest. I don't know how he's going to work it out. But he's going to work that situation out. And, and you know, when we said, you know what? It's more important for people in this, in this whole metroplex to hear the gospel than it is for me to be comfortable and sit next to my friends. You know? And we got to remember, we're here to make disciples. We're here to see, we want people all over the world hear this message about God working things out for Elijah so people will know that, hey, God's got a raven for you. He's got a widow waiting for you that's going to take care of you. He's got it all worked out. You know, let's look at the, the next part here. Look at verse 17. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took her from his arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on the bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought tragedy also upon this widow I'm staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried to the Lord. O Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child, carried him down from the room into the house, gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, 
and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. You know, it's a very powerful passage because I bet Elijah thought the purpose for him being sent to that woman was so she could meet his needs. But the real purpose was he needed to meet hers. God sends you to whatever you're going through with a purpose in mind. God doesn't like just ruining your life and making it difficult for no reason and just, you know, I like messing with him, you know. That's not what God likes to do, okay? He's not trying to make your life miserable. You know, so many times I can find it difficult to trust that, man, why am I here? And why did God change this? And why is this happening? And why is this story not going the way I would write it? You know? And so many times we we struggle when we go through tragedy. You know, this is a story about tragedy too, you know, and we see here, I mean, he got hit with a big one here. I mean, when your child gets sick, that's a tough time. Child stops breathing, it's really tough. Okay. There wasn't a hospital they could go to, okay? There's no hospital, no doctors, who's out there? People don't know what to do. They're trying all this part. Who knows? I mean, you're out there inside on Gentile culture. They can know who knows what kind of voodoo they were doing, trying to get this boy to get well, and he didn't get well. He died. And I think about what that woman said, and she goes, well, "Why did you come here to remind me of my son? Why would he die?" You know, so many times when we go through hard times, or when we get disappointed, or when just awful things happen to us. The first thing Satan wants you to think is, this is somehow God's fault. God did this. Why didn't God stop this? Why did God allow this? If God was on your side, if He was for you, He would never let anything bad ever happen to you. You haven't done anything bad to anybody else, so why is He messing with you? You know, we can feel that way. So many times Satan wants us to, our faith to be based on circumstances. That if favorable circumstances are happening, then me and God are on good terms. But somehow, if something bad's happening, then God left me hanging. He forsake, He has forsaken me. He has forgotten about me and my situation. He doesn't even appreciate my commitment and my sacrifice and faith. But that's not true. That's so much not true. And Elijah had to remind her of that. You know what? God's going to work this out. Just remember the jug and the oil. He worked that situation out. And there was food every day. We didn't have Kroger. It worked out. This boy is coming back. And, and you know, he takes her. He takes the dude upstairs. Lays him down on the bed. And he prayed. And God let that boy's life be returned to him. It's so much a powerful statement about the power of prayer. That whatever you're facing at school, whatever situation is going on at school, whatever situation is going on with your finances, whatever situation is going on with your health, whatever situation is going on with your family, prayer can take a dead situation and turn that into a resurrection. He can turn this around with a simple prayer. You don't have to go out and do some big thing. Some big, you know, noble spiritual act. Just simply praying to God can turn the corner. And it's really powerful. You know, when you become a disciple, it doesn't mean your life's not going to be problem free. 
It doesn't mean that. You know, I've been a disciple now for 17 years. My wife's been a disciple for, is it 15? 15 years. Hey, we've had our share, our share of challenges. Uh, I know when we moved to, uh, right before we got married, days before our wedding, my wife had a uh, blood clot in her leg. Okay? And as a result of that, uh, we know she's going to be able to walk down the aisle. Okay? I mean, when you're, when it's your day to get married. We don't know if you can walk. It's scary, you know. That was very scary for us. But God worked that out, and He enabled her to walk that day. So we were blessed. But we also got told you can't go in your honeymoon. You know, when you save up all this money and you, you know, you really look forward to getting married and going on your honeymoon, you're told you're not going on your honeymoon. You know, you know, you're 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 kind of, you know, that was very disappointing for us. That was very that was very uh, challenging. But you know, God worked it all out. We were able to take a honeymoon later. Uh, you know, because again, I had to wrestle with you know letting God be in control. But who knows why He didn't want us to go at that time? Maybe there was a, a greater purpose that I don't understand or know about. But what we do know is that my wife was having blood clots in her leg, and she started having multiple blood clots. You know, there's a blood clot here and a blood clot there, and, and those things can be life threatening. And my wife could have died many of those times. And and then uh, we got pregnant with our first child, and he he'll be two here in a, about another week or so. And that was difficult because my wife had a very uh, high risk pregnancy, and she was sick all the time, and she couldn't keep food down. It was hard for her to eat food, and when you're pregnant, eating is very important. Okay, and if you can't eat, that's a problem. And so we were kind of concerned about the pregnancy and all of that. And then our son was born was born prematurely. And I, I never forget the day uh, we went to we went down for a doctor's visit. That's all it was. And we were sitting there, and the doctor goes, "I don't know what's going on with the baby. Something doesn't look completely right. Let's go to the hospital right now." We're both sitting there. He's like, "Now, get out of the chair. We're going over." Right? And we're like. He goes, he goes, is this a, a doctor's appointment? Is it moving to the next No, we're not. This is, the appointment's over. <laughs> the baby is coming out now. And we were both sitting there, you know, just stunned, you know. And, and uh, I remember we didn't even know what to do. We were like, where are we supposed to go? Okay, there's a hospital right across the street. You see this right there? I mean, he had to really explain it because we were just like, what, huh? What? Is it coming now? You said it was due in May. It's March. What's going on? And, you know, what do you mean there's something wrong? What's, what's wrong me? You know, and just all of that fear. Satan loves fear. Be scared. The worst could happen. Think about this. Think about that. This could happen. This could happen. You're worried about these other people over here. And, and man, you know, we can really struggle with letting God be in control. And, I mean, it was so bad. We didn't know where to check in. Nothing. I mean, we were confused. We stopped and prayed because we needed to. God, give us some sense right now. You know? Just so we can think clearly. And the, and the pregnancy, you know, and it went well. And I'm sorry, my wife was, I'm sorry, let me go back before it went well. Uh, my wife was in labor. I don't know how long it was. It was a long time. But she went, I think she went late about 5 o'clock or so that, that day. The next day at about you know 10 a.m. He goes, well, we haven't gotten very far. I think it's like two, is it two centimeters or something like that. Okay, if you've been going labor that long and, and only, no, this isn't looking good. He goes, at this speed, we'll be here by Saturday. Okay? He's like, come on. we got." So we had an emergency C-section and the child was healthy. We're very thankful to God for that. God worked that out. You know, that was scary. And, you know, and then after that, my wife continued have health problems and she continued to have uh, trouble just trouble keeping food down and all these other health complications we went to 10 different doctors 
And nobody was able to really help us to really say, okay, here's what the problem is, or really, you know, solve that situation. We went to the emergency room six times in about a two-year time period. My wife was hospitalized twice. Uh, my medical insurance and her medical insurance didn't cover all that expenses, man. So the medical debt is just piling up. I mean, it's like a mountain. And so you're getting hit financially, you're getting health hits, and you know, and then you got this new baby, you don't have any sleep, and you're just walking around in a day. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, literally, you're just trying to get through the day, you know? I mean, and on top of that here, uh, I know we're on a mission team there in College Station. And remember, we're dependent on you guys' support. You know, these guys are going to support us. Are they going to keep sending us money here so we can continue to do the mission work? And so having to trust God about all those things. And that was very challenging. And it tested our faith. And I think it taught us that, hey, God is in control. He will work this out. You know? Um, We had to move here last year so that my wife could recover. Both spiritually and physically and emotionally. And and, uh, being here has definitely helped my wife in a tremendous way. I appreciate all you guys' support and encouragement. Here's the thing I want to say. While we were going through all of that, God had ravens like He had for Elijah. He was sending us ravens. Don't you know people called me on the phone and said, I just want to send you some money. Really? I had one, one person called me on the phone and said, what's your bank account number? Why do you need that? You know, who's that? You need what? Go, go back, go back, go back, brother. He said, no, 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 bro, no, I'm sorry. I wanted to send you some money. Are you serious? And he's like, you didn't even believe it. But people were sending us large sums of money. I think I lost count. How many people when God knew I was begging, going, I ain't got no money. How am I going to pay these bills? My wife is sick. And I was stressed and worried and struggling and all this. And, and uh, all of a sudden, money started pouring in. People just started saying, I just want to send you some money. I was thinking about you. I want to send you some money. Like 20 bucks, 50 bucks? No, man, bigger than that. Talking about some zeros, bro. Oh, good. Here's the account. Two, six. You know, you know, let's get God, God worked it out. In. We had family call us up, said, Are you guys going through a tough time? I want to send you guys money? I mean, I lost count of the amount of money that just poured in to help us with our situation. And I know if He did that for, for us, He'll do that for you as well. You know, also think about just even with our health. I mean, my wife, I mean, no medication or pills. We just pray really hard. My wife's doing great right now. And we haven't had to, to go back to the hospital uh, for any emergency visits or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, I've been very thankful that God's worked in her health. And it didn't, it didn't wasn't just a light switch. I mean, that was years. I mean, she's going through four years of health problems. And just seeing now that, you know, God's given us some time of peace. And we're thankful for that. And so, the thing I want to close out here with is some lessons, some lessons from Elijah. Some things we can learn from Elijah. Number one, we've got to trust God to provide all that you need. Trust that God will provide all that you need. Number two, trust that God... To use a little to do a lot. Amen. Trust that God will use a little to do a lot. And then the third one here is trust God to do miracles in your life. Especially in regards to your health challenges or your family's health challenges. God can do a miracle. I don't care what that doctor said. Yeah, that's right. Okay? My, my wife, when she was born, I believe she was about uh, two years old. Uh, she had a, a, a health problem that came up. There were 25 kids in the hospital when my wife was born there. 20 of them died from that same health complication that she was having. 
Okay? Her mother said she could hear the screaming and the crying from mothers losing their kids. And a minister even showed up to my wife's mother and said, let's start making funeral preparations. She's not even dead yet. Okay, let me give some advice to all the leaders out there. Okay, have faith. Okay? Have faith. Like, I mean, he's already talking about it. He lets me talk. Well, we can have it on this day. She goes, no, I'm going to have faith. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to keep praying. And man, my wife is doing great. And then she started, she, she became paralyzed. And then she started to walk again. And, 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 you know, she started walking. And then she was able to start swimming. And then she was able to, she even got involved in dance. And even though doctors told her, oh, your, your, your child's going to die. A minister came over. He's going to die. And your child's going to die. Rowan's doing great. Amen. And she's walking and dancing. And, and we're all fired up about that. <laughs> and so, you know, you know, again, we can trust God. Amen. I got some breaking news to close out with here. Breaking news here. This is just them. God is in control. God is in control. I want to to say thank you guys so much for your time. And uh, let's trust that God's in control this week. Amen. Amen.